Brooklyn Radio, alright? This is how we doing it, New York style. Okay, this is Small Talk. It's been a while, but we're back. Uh, I am here with two guests. Uh, well, why don't I let you guys introduce yourselves so people know what your voice sounds like. Hello. Hello. My, my name is Will Sabatini. What's also, your, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what's your DJ name? Uh, Sabo. Oh, that guy. Not Sabo. Sabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that a like lot. Mine I, where, where people read it and then they're like, oh, Aries. They oh, that's what that. Munchie calls you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I, mean, I love he's, Aries. He's, he put he's my okay. first single out. Irez. Irez. <laughs> uh, my name is Gordon Clay, but they call me Nappy G. And uh, hi. Uh, that... <laughs> I, I used to be called Nappy G. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I got my hair straightened, though. Oh, see? I know. And you I you know had dreads? <laughs> <laughs> I actually did for Shout like out six to Diplo. months. Did you really? Yeah. When? I even have a photo of it somewhere. A young skateboard punk? This is in my early rave, rave days. Wow. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Were they dyed? The tips were dyed. Wow. Really? Well, because I, you know, I started with the full bleach out, Caesar cut. And then and then I let that grow out. Was that then, like ninety two? Yeah, ninety no ninety three. Okay, wow, ninety three. First freshman year of college. I'd like to see that. It's not such a good look. <laughs> just for just for contrast purposes, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I I I could probably find a photo somewhere that you didn't destroy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's good. Dreads? Did you have a a shag or a mullet going on in the back too, or rat no? Tail? I actually had like. <laughs> I, it was funny. I got like this, you know, I got like this silver wire like wrapped around it. Oh, okay. And actually my hair actually like dreaded pretty fast. That's like some pre-tribal style, like yeah. before these heads. I kind of had like shit. this Coolio thing going on until they got long enough to like <laughs> right, flap right, down. Right, right. It was pretty bad. Uh, it's funny. That's classic. It was pretty bad. I just can't yeah. picture it at all. You don't want to I can't, want I can't either. You don't Do you want You're going to have nightmares if you picture that. Did you ever have beads I, in it? Never had beads. No, I, uh, I was more industrial. I wasn't so so crunchy, you know. So who who were you going to see when you were going to raves in 1993? Oh man, uh, well they like there was always like the main room was always like super hardcore techno and drum and bass, but I was always in the side room, which was like the house room. Uh huh. Even back so, then, yeah. Yeah, that was my shit. I would go like was like Doc Martin. Uh, who else would play? Dale Charles, um, DJ Dan when he used to play good music. No offense, Dan, but he used to play <laughs> some dope shit back then. I don't know. He's offended. Happened. Oh, he's offended. I don't know. He, he, he kind of uh, changes style up a little bit. He always tunes into this podcast. Though. I bet he does. Yeah, he's a, he's he's a subscriber. Shout out to DJ Dan. And uh, who else? Uh, the Chocolate Factory. Those guys like Joski. They, I love Joe Samir Ride Frank Ride. He was the man. And then even like the Hardkiss brothers would come out and play. Yep, they were dope. Shout out to Scott Hardkiss. And so where was this? This was in D.C. No, this was Northeast. This was like Boston. So it was like Boston, Connecticut, Maine. In college, ninety three to like ninety eight. Did you go to parties in high school? Uh, I. I was like still in high school when I started to first go. I would like I was in high school in Jersey, and I would sneak out of my dorm because I went to boarding school. Okay. And I'd take a bus to New York and like go to NASA and 
parties like that <laughs> back and then. So, like, were you t- were you dropping acid and shit at clubs? Is my mom gonna hear this? No, <laughs> she already knows. Yeah, I used to take a lot of drugs, dude. A uh, lot, of, a lot it, of acid. So, so like, you're on the train. You're headed back to boarding school. Wait, can I just yeah. ask you? What, down what, off what, acid. what is acid? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on now, son. Go Come ahead. on, it's son. Like a precursor to Molly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you're on you're on acid and you're on the train heading back to boarding school. Yeah. Oh, what What was that What was that like for you? Uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> you know? No, no dark experiences then. No, I oh, I I had a few like minor. I remember once in Boston, like I was at the Loft, which was like that was like the OG club that Armand used to play at. Uh-huh. Armand Van Helden. Yeah. It was the only after hours club in Boston when he was good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. And I guess it, I, the rumor was it was owned by the cops, so they could stay open till like seven in the morning or that something. That sounds very unlikely, but go ahead. Well, Bo- if they were open oh, Boston! Late, it could be Boston. Talking to the mic. Yeah. Talking oh, to I'm the sorry. Mic. If it was Boston, that might be true because they shut everything down at one or two. It's but like, this was the one spot, man. You could, without fail, every weekend you could go there, and it was like Bruno, and Bruno would play house downstairs, and that was like the deep room, and then. Upstairs would be like more techno, I guess, or whatever. Anyway, one time I remember I took some acid there and I was dancing and I kept, I thought I was like, chew, like, like my, I thought I was like chewing on my tongue, you know? Oh, no. Like, like <laughs> everything oh, in my no. mouth just became like a big ball of gum and I was like, whoa, that's kind of fucked up. And then, and then I was like, I remember dancing and, and like, you know, you're like doing the rave jerk move or whatever. And I thought I like, I saw my wrist like fall off and like fly across the room. <laughs> I was like, whoa, but then it was right there. So I was all right. Yeah. And then I just cut, they had a roof deck too. So I like went, went up there and kind of like, you know, just like looked at the stars or whatever and chilled out. And then I was sure. fine. I kind of, I got through it. It was like a minor, like almost trip out, but not so, so bad. How, how would you find out about raves then? Uh, I don't know. It was just flyers, man. Just like paper flyers. Like you'd go to one and then you'd get hit with like 20 flyers on the way yeah, out. right. And then you'd call like the number or whatever and then you'd find out. Like it was all, it was all like complicated. Like you had to like, you had to like call some phone number and then they'd tell you to like go to this one place and then you'd go there and there'd be like two like super cracked out ravers on the side of a road like, yeah, awesome, go here. And then they'd tell you to go somewhere else. It was called like the map point, you know? Yeah, yeah. People used to have a lot of hotlines back then too. You remember that? Like, oh that, yeah, that like rave hotlines. Everybody had hotlines. They had a number, a dedicated number that would change the info. Yeah. Monthly or biweekly, whatever it was. Yeah. And people would just, or sometimes it would just be for that one event too. They would just get a, a lot. Yeah, them. a lot of times it was just they would set it up for just the one night. Yeah. Right. And uh, so, so turning to Nappy G, uh, what what were you doing? Um, like when? sort of when you were early early twenties. <laughs> early twenties for you. Early twenties, like late teens, early twenties. I was uh, I I just dropped out of college of Columbia. I was playing percussion in a psychedelic rock band called Dream Speak. I swear to God, I'm not lying to you. Oh. <laughs> now is, I wish I had a song. I wish this, I did my research. This was like uh, we were playing the Nightingale with Blues Traveler and Spin Doctor and Wetlands and all that stuff and doing the kind of jam band circuit before it was really big and established. We were yeah. doing that deal. And that was till like 
90. And that was when I turned 21. I was in 90. Quit that. Started to say, I want to get in touch with my roots. I had a little short hair. My girl braided it. Started growing my little naps. That's when I became Nappy G. Got into the funky dreads. Soul to soul. De La Soul. Jungle Brothers. All that shit was hitting my head. And then I just, I started doing, uh, I had this band called Repercussions. And after a rehearsal one night, I came to SOBs because I was doing flyers for them. And they had this guy up there spinning. It's an empty room. There were all these great videos and like films on the wall of old jazz records. And there was one dude in the room doing the centipede across the empty dance floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, I like this spot. This is my people. Uh, I went up up to Smash. It was DJ Smash. And I had my drums and my congas. And I was like, dude, can I play drums here? And he was like, why not? There's nobody here. Go ahead. Have some fun. Do what you want to do. We started jamming, and, and every week I started bringing the cats from my band, Genji the drummer and John the bass player. They came with me. So we just started making that our after-rehearsal hang, and people started coming after a few weeks, and it started to just turn into its own thing. And out of that, Groove Collective started. But getting back to the acid stuff, when I was in my psychedelic <laughs> rock band days, yeah, we used to we had a house in Freeport, Long Island. We had a house there and one in Westchester over a two- or three-year period, and the Westchester house, man, we called the spaceship. We'd go in the basement, turn off all the lights, have our instruments, and just trip out. We'd do mushrooms, do acid, and just play down there for like 12 hours in the dark. And just the things you see, <laughs> the things done. you see when you're tripping in the dark and your eye, you think you're seeing, you don't know. And it was like, oh, we went all over the universe down there. It was amazing. <laughs> and then we would do shows, and our whole crowd would be totally tripping and psychedelic. When you get used to this psychedelic wave where you can feel the whole energy of the crowd and you can literally shift it with you like as a band. It was it was deep. It got into some crazy mind psychology, <laughs> you know, psychoacoustics type stuff where we could really do weird things with the crowd and be looking at each other like, wow, did we just make them do that? Oh my God, we better smooth this out. They're going to freak out. Like, <laughs> you play one wrong minor chord and everybody's like, oh no, oh no, hang on. <laughs> Uh, so this seems like as good a time as any uh, to play group collective song. Yeah, group collective in '93, coming in in '94 with some more, bringing the people on the floor for the Buddha. Cell sizzler, THC, the OG hip swindler, Fogging your noggin, the Buddha computers, a mental road of Buddha, herbal six shooter, hydroponic, embryonic, spirit tonic, bionic, chronic, internalize it, you'll get excited, light it, ignite it, don't try to fight it. Sober like an eagle, feeling quite regal. So is that you rapping? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is me. That is a very young me. This is from, uh, that record's from 92. I think. Well, we did it in 92. I think it came out in 93, so yeah. I was 21-ish, 23. Yeah, 23. <laughs> Whew, damn, I was young. <laughs> and so who, like, who are you touring with uh, when you're 
when you guys were really big because like I remember, Groove I remember this, yeah, uh, I remember we, this music and, and like I remember the CD cover, but I didn't own it. Like you know, we through the course of that <laughs> career, that band when I was in it originally, like, we're, the band's kind of back together now, reunited a little bit. But at the, in the original phase, we toured a lot. We do Jamiroquai and James Taylor Quartet, like a lot of the stuff that was on Talking Loud from London, from England, and yeah, and right. Dorado, and those got like Young Disciples. Brand new heavies, that kind of stuff. And then when we did the festivals in Europe, we played with you know everybody, man. We got and we got to hang and meet all those cats long ago, Vadim and that whole crew. It was just yeah, it was fun. And then we actually won our most mainstream tour we did with Dave Matthews Band. We did a, a <laughs> we did a Canadian tour. We went across Canada with Dave Matthews Band in '98 college tour. Uh, but for him, it was small small places. Even then, like they were playing ten thousand seaters, and that was small for them. For us, it was huge. We were like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. And what are the groupies like at Dave Matthews shows? They're very polite. <laughs> but they, they, they're they actually, they're, you know, they're not really, it's not really a groupie scene. It's kind of, they're a little more conscious than that. It's weird. It's not, um, the, those guys are all kind of family men, and everybody who follows them knows that. So they don't have, like, a lot of chicks throwing themselves at them, which was actually a bonus for our band. Because there were all these girls. We had a 10 guys in our band. It was like all these girls who were like had no chance with the main band. <laughs> so we actually did have some fun. The the uh, Winnipeg Royal Ballet Company showed up at our gig. All the girls and all the guys at the ballet company were gay, of course. And we had we had, <laughs> we had a tour bus. And hey, I, I, I love my gay people. I'm just saying. That's just the fact. That's yeah. how it was. We had a tour bus. They all came on the bus. And we, we all made ballet girlfriends that night. It was awesome. Ballet babies. Ball- well, uh, <laughs> no babies that I know of. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, ballet, ballet dancers don't have childbearing hips. Yeah, so, yeah uh, it's true. Probably you would ruin a career. Well, not while they're dancing. But when they retire, they, they like to eat. I've seen a few who've put on some. They stay fit, but they th- they get thicker because they, they never get to eat. <laughs> Man, that whole shit with, uh, with like, exercising that much when you're that young for girls where they, where they like, exercise to the point that they can't menstruate anymore. Yeah, oh, I yeah, mean, I mean girls. Like, all the Chains track are, girls were like that. Yeah. Yeah, they just track, didn't have periods. Gymnastics, gymnastics is the worst, I think. It yeah. seemed to be like they just, yeah, they don't grow right. Something happens. Yeah, it's weird. There's a there's a couple of ballet dancers now who are kind of big who are they don't have the typical body types. Like they're all curvy and and it's like a big deal. Like oh wow, they have hip, hips and tits. It's like whoa, but but Plus you're right. It's ballet. a it's a balance thing. I think it's part of it. Yeah, and also just they look so you know different from the other girls when they have those kind of bodies yeah we should have a special ballet league for thick girls <laughs> <laughs> i just thought about the that dominican ballet league like, yeah what the caribbean yeah, yeah, we'll just, we'll yeah. just put caribbean hey, cbl the caribbean ballet league yeah <laughs> you don't have to be caribbean but you have to either have a body type or eat caribbean food regularly yeah <laughs> you can introduce like twerking and winding to ballet <laughs> that actually would be kind of cool Man, I went to the um to the Brooklyn Cyclones game, uh, you know that where they play baseball uh, out by at Coney, Coney Island, Island yeah. yeah. And uh, they're because it's uh because it's New York, they like have to make the make it a show, you know. Like right. you, you've got so much to compete with, you're not gonna have like just some crappy thing going on because people <laughs> won't stick around. 
So like the, the kind of the stuff that's going on between innings and during the seventh inning stretch and before the game and all that shit is as good or better than the baseball is. Uh, they have entertainers? It, what do they have going on? All kinds of shit. But so th- this time, for some reason, they were doing, it was ballet night. There's always like themed nights. It was ballet night. So they had girls sort of trying to ballet dance on the baseball field. And, the, you know, somebody would be talking, they'd be playing music and, and uh, talking about, uh, in France in 1815, they introduced, you know, the pirouette or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, the right hand twirl. <laughs> for some reason, because it's Brooklyn, they decided by like the sixth or seventh inning, they were going to try to tie in break dancing to it. <laughs> and they had like alternating break dancing with ballet. It was just one of the they're, stupidest they're like, things I've ever seen. Didn't, isn't that part of uh, breaking? Where, like, where there's ballet and breaking? Yeah, like oh, the yeah, ballet dancers right. like join forces with the right. B boys and they, they do this performance at the end. Or is oh. that breaking too? Uh, electric it's electric boogaloo. boogaloo. Yeah, oh, that's I electric think, boogaloo. I think that's electric boogaloo. Yeah, this was as much of a stretch as that is. Just like. So far out. Uh, I, I would rather people dance ballet in the club than break dance, though. It's kind of a stretch, but actually I have a lot of friends who have kids, and they they do have their kids enrolled simultaneously in ballet and hip-hop classes. Like little yeah. kids. I'm like four and five-year-olds. Really, like that's... Yeah. It, like not the same day, but like Thursday's hip-hop night, and Tuesday she does ballet. and it, So it's kind of like... Yeah, it, that the styles don't work, but people are integrating them already. I've yeah. seen it in my. It's yeah. weird, like, and kids can handle it. I mean, they just want to jump around. They don't yeah, care. my five year old's in ballet uh, at the YMCA. Oh yeah, nice. yeah, they are just not good at ballet. <laughs> <laughs> like five year olds, they're so. It's just you know, here, put your feet like this, and then jump over a shoe. Okay, <laughs> okay great, you did a good job. Like that's it, you know. It, it, it's not. Uh, it's not super formal. Yeah, they need incentive, Actually, like yeah. those Russians who like they they don't get to eat unless they <laughs> do the right move or something. Like that's they start them really young and have like, really hard. No, no soup for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they need Tiger Mom. Ba- I'm exactly. sure there is Tiger Mom ballet oh, yeah. There, yeah. in Manhattan. I think the women. I think the girl. What's Tiger Mom? That's the the moms who are really over. Oh, over, they, they, right. they they expect so much they from their push, kids, they and they push, push and push. Yeah. yeah, but the the girls who get you know the ballet companies, that's how they start mad young, and they yeah. they have taskmaster parents. But they must you love it at some point. I yeah, started playing like, drums when I was little, and I would pra- I, when I started taking classes in elementary school and on through high school, I had to practice a lot every day. And in the summer, we'd practice ten hours a day, but it didn't feel like work because I loved it. You know when I mean? you're with your friends, when too. you're with your friends, yeah. and also you're getting good, you can tell you're getting good at it. That's the thing. We were you have these competitions, and you get to battle people. Even every day, you challenge each other: first chair, second chair, and you have you play the same shit. And whoever can win gets the higher level, and that's it's validation on a level that as a kid you don't get from some things academically. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. where did you grow up? I grew up all over. I, my parents were ministers in the Methodist Church. It's almost like being an army brat. So I, I lived, I was born in Chicago, but moved to every couple of years we'd move to a new church. My dad would get assigned a new church. So we, I lived in Iowa, Des Moines, Burlington, Toronto for two years. We moved to Kentucky when I was nine, and I lived there the longest of any time. I was in Louisville for two years, and then a little town called Paducah for like eight, eight years, which was the longest I was Paducah. anywhere. Yeah, no, that Paducah. Like it can't be real. Yeah, it's... Paducah, it, dude, Kentucky. It's almost like Podunk. 
Yeah, like Paducah. The, the girls had a Paducah Duke Duke. Bro, yeah, right. I'm telling you, man, they do it. Yeah, it's Kentucky. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah. So, so then, how did you get to? How did you end up in New York? Well, I knew I went to well, I went to a summer camp. This you know, it, Western Kentucky has some pretty progressive stuff. It, even it's not all hillbillies and barefoot people. They had a gifted program, and and we would go every. We took the SAT in the seventh grade, and. And we did, and they got you in this thing where you got comfortable taking the SAT. So by the time you're like in eighth or ninth grade, you already have gotten the score you wanted, and you're good. People from that program had a summer camp at Duke University. I was going there seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and getting the people I met there. A lot of them went to this boarding school, and they and my friends they invite. They were like, "You got to come to this boarding school. It's all the crew and blah blah blah." And I knew I wanted to go to school in, at Columbia because at the time I wanted to be a writer, a journalist. Okay. And so I, I ended up going to boarding school at Exeter, New Hampshire. And Oh, shit. And then from there, Damn. once you get to I there, didn't get into Exeter, once, by the way. Once you get in Did there. Did you apply to Exeter? Yeah. I didn't get in. You could have done I well. I didn't get in the You could have totally either. done well there, dude. It's a bunch of... Maybe I flunked the interview. I don't know. Yeah, the interview's big. The they, interview's, weren't, they weren't feeling me. The interview's big. Um, Did you have dreadlocks? Did you wear dreadlocks to the interview at Exeter? Because that, that could have affected the decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I may have my timeline wrong. <laughs> that, was, that was high school. Oh, I didn't man. even know about acid yet. Yeah, right? Actually, that's where I first did acid was at Exeter. I my, did it at boarding my, school, too. My first on the golf acid course. trip, yeah. yeah. At it. It was awesome. I love how we just segued right <laughs> back to that. Back to acid, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, what, what was the the Black Swan? Is that what that movie was? Yeah. Uh, What's the, that? Yeah, the acid ballet movie. It seemed pretty trippy, right? Definitely it, was. Is that the one with uh, Natalie Portman? Portman. Yeah, yeah, if you've done that. enough Natalie acid and you it's watch good. it, it kind of freaks you I out. I liked it. I thought it was really good. The the fingernail stuff fucked with me. It's weird and dark and, and can we, out. Can we chime in? I got Matt Nordstrom on the phone. Hold on. Oh, shit. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> this is Small Talk. This is our first ever call-in. Matt Nordstrom from Nordstrom. What's up? Wow. What up, everyone? How you guys doing? <laughs> Just chilling, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You had the sound check? Yeah, well, I'm, I think I'm outside the venue. Is it a, a big black uh, building with a red light above it? Could very well be. I don't know. Uh, uh, this is showbiz, folks. This will, is how it goes. This is how we do it. In. Yeah, let me let me let me call. I'll t- I'm gonna text you Jen's number. All right, cool. All right, vibes, bud. It's vibes. vibes. It's the greatest interview of all time. It's great, man. People... Wait, Matt, when was the first time you took acid? What? How old were you the first time you took acid? Um, 14. <laughs> <laughs> he got us all beat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Tight. Nice. Care to elaborate? Uh, the way that I form sentences is elaboration enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, well done. Let me text you the number. Uh, back to small talk, All right. bud. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's. Sorry uh, for that brief interruption. Airs keeps it real, yo. There's no edits, people. This yeah. is not. This is live. <laughs> in the, while we're doing it. Let's let's play a song. Uh, while while Will text the number. Okay. Oh, hey, that's one of my joints. With That's me and Smash. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
You did your research here. Yeah. All 10 minutes. Come out smash. It's on my independent EP on Backpack. The Globe by Lee. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, GPS. I got a new, I'm doing a new EP, EP actually. It's coming out this summer. Working on it. Working on it right now. Yeah, we sold a bunch of uh, stuff through uh, Soul Seduction with them, but uh, I think you know how that worked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is another distributor down in flames. Down in flames. Where the money at? I don't know. <laughs> Acid. Go ahead, take some. <laughs> um, so you two, uh, did y'all need uh, turntables on the Hudson? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was at this the thing down by the Brooklyn Heights uh, in Dumbo. One of those Dumbo parties was the first time I saw you. Yeah, but I played, <coughs> I played at the ice hockey rink before. Oh, you did? That's right. I forgot about that. Well, I, I, I was like opening. Those were I was. Yeah, opening. but the first time I saw you, where, I, where you were like playing with us simultaneously, yeah. was that thing was at that long party yeah, at Dumbo? You killed it. I was like, who is this guy? I was like, this guy's so badass, man. Scratching, scratching, mixing. And yeah, it was fun. It was great. What year was that? It was like 2000, 2001? 2000. 2000, right? Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. Were, you, were you playing like Latin House? and? Yeah. It wasn't Tribal. That's like too late for Tribal House. Uh, it was like, I don't know. I guess because Tribal kind of was like sort of the harder stuff that like Danny Tanaglia was playing. This was more like the Africanism yellow mm-hmm. like actually the shit that like bob sinclair was making yeah back he in was killing it back then was oh, really man. good and like that was gold it was like tribal african mm-hmm. house but not hard you know it was more like i don't know how to explain it It was kind of yeah. more like deeper i guess yeah the only other person in new york i know who was doing that back then was like dj angola yep yeah yeah we we played his track a lot back then too yeah he was he, he was playing some stuff yep. he would mix it up a lot more than I did, though. Right. Because he would play everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but so so, how did you get put on uh, at turn? Uh, oh, at I uh, through Nick, right? Yeah. Like what happened is, I had heard about it through Jay Scrope. Oh, okay. Actually, I well, yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. He, I, I was living with a roommate from from my college here in New York. 
and he was buying herb, you know, from 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 this guy, Scrobe at the time. <clears throat> at the time. At the time. And actually, I was in the house like mixing records, or I was playing like Miami bass records or something. And he was like, "Yo, that shit's sick." And I was like, "Here, take a tape." And then he gave it. And then he was like, "Yo, you should come to this party. My boy does." And it was Nick. Nicodemus. And Nicodemus yeah. was his roommate at the time. So I started going and Zeb to turntables on the Hudson. And I remember like, cause I would go record shopping every week here in New York, and then I would go to turntables on Friday, and like Mariano and Nick would play like all the records I just bought huh. like two days ago, you know, cause they only they get like ten copies of each one or whatever. So anyway, I was like, damn, these dudes are killing it. Like they, we have the same style or whatever. And then I, I met Nick and I made this, I gave him this mixtape, like an actual cassette tape <laughs> that was like dub, kind of like down tempo and dub. Uh-huh. And he liked it and he was like, hey, why don't you come like open up one night? And I was like, cool. So that's how, that's kind of how it started. Uh-huh. So when I first started playing, I would just play like dub and like chill shit at the beginning. Was it on the frying pan then? No, it was. This was when it was, it was before the frying pan. It was before the frying pan. It was at uh, the hockey rink at Chelsea Piers Sports. Like one pier down from right. the frying pan, but it was like this big hockey rink. Yeah, upstairs. And then you would pass the hockey rink. There was a deck, and there was a huge outdoor deck. That space was sick. Actually, I love that, that space. was like that was my favorite parties there. It was. It wasn't as grimy as <laughs> frying pan. <laughs> the frying pan that we're talking about is like this boat that was. Uh, uh, on the docked. Hudson River, yeah. Um, and it, I, I DJed there once, and it was pretty fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you took a wrong yeah. turn, you could fall in a hole, well, like a like rusty, rusty hole. Well, yeah. that boat was dredged up from the bottom of the Baltimore Harbor. It no, had, it was the Chesapeake Bay. The Chesapeake Bay. Excuse me, my bad. Well, my it was bad. just Baltimore, but. but it it had been underwater. Like it was not seaworthy. It was. It was supposed to stay docked. Although John Crevy, the the guy, the owner, owner, he he's gone now. But he uh he took the boat out one time, like he ripped. No, he, but they actually the story I read is that they 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 took it up from the from the depths right, of the Chesapeake Bay, right. and they managed to like fix it enough to get it running. They towed it. Now they towed. They didn't really. It wasn't oh, really right. running. It was tug. See? It was tugboated up here. They, this they, is they, how the story. It didn't is. run on its own up here. No way. That thing. No. It wasn't supposed to, but over the years, John kept trying to renovate it somewhat, but it still wasn't seaworthy. But once they, he, in a drunken challenge, somebody was like, this thing will never run. And he was like, yes, it will. And he like, <laughs> he just revved up the engine and took off and ripped out the pipes from the bathroom and all this. And just, and, and got, he got like halfway, halfway out in the water between Jersey and New York and the thing just started sinking. It just started going under. Oh, and the shit. fucking Coast Guard had to come tow him back and he had to pay no a bunch way. of money to repair it. Yeah, yeah. He, it was a it was a total just stoon ass move, but it was very <laughs> funny, like because it was his. He was like, "I can do this." Well, I'll show you. I'm going to Jersey right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> and just, Jesus Christ! Was yeah. that during the turntables? It, it wasn't. No, was this before? was during the off season. It was during the off season uh, okay. before it was. No, it was during while That's we were doing awesome. it. Yeah, it was while we were doing it. That's it was like amazing. It was one one of those years when we had had to stop from doing the parties because of complaints, and we were like up at the Tubby Hook. Market arena or something oh, but he john was still hanging out there with his friends just partying and like 
Yeah, he died in the DR of a heart attack, and and oh, they no. didn't reveal the circumstances, but I think we we were like. He was with a girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> some loving. Couldn't handle the, the yeah, Dominican was, loving, know, maybe. Too many of those pep pills. <laughs> some some Downton Abbey levels right there. Yeah. But he was a great man. He was a great man. Captain John Crevy, I salute you. Fuck. Um, and so, 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 so these were like, uh, they were Latin and uh, groovy African house uh, uh, kind of, uh, world house parties. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I. I just like I want you to explain it to people. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty to good. To our listeners, yeah, who, who are not you know forty years old and used to go to the well. It was like parties in the nineties. I mean, it was this 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 crazy boat that had a sound system in it, and then. But that we really only used that one in the winter, right? And they had an outer deck, like because they had this huge pier next to the net, right where next the boat to the dock. Was. Yeah. And they would get like fifteen hundred people on yeah. Friday night. Yeah, and you could have both. You could have the boat and the pier. But it was definitely I mean, like Mariano's from Italy and he played a lot more kind of the, the house sound at that time and, and European and kind of disco y and he did some breaks. Some like breaks back and then, stuff. In the early and, and days. Nick yeah. was really covering the kind of world sound of like, you know, Latin and Middle Eastern and then some hip hop and reggae elements and all combined in there and then yeah. yeah just it all got mixed as as more of these cats who are producers and djs started coming through and that became it, the sound would change over time as these different influences got into it but it, it's definitely still a very international sound you know it's, it's not and like, they always had like he would always play drums yeah and I'm pl- i was playing percussion i was playing you know this is before i was djing I, I did do my first dj gig at turntables in 98 that was my but up until then i'd always just played drums with djs like i did at giant step did you get like on the I mic did. there too or no yeah i emceed a lot i always yeah. MC. I'm, he I'm, hyped I'm, it up. i always MC. like I, you know i don't i'm not like like a bar mitzvah MC where I have to talk over everything, but you pick moments in the night, you know, where you yeah. want it with the crowd. You can just feel like you need to amp it for a moment, or right after somebody plays something really cool, or just or to, train wrecks, or train wrecks, <laughs> or yeah, well, yes, yeah, <laughs> everybody, how you exactly, out there? exactly. There's a lot of fil- there's some filler <laughs> elements as well, like power's out. All right, how many people from Brooklyn make some noise? No, nope. <laughs> no music. No, yeah. no music. Beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, but the well, uh, one other thing I think that's good to mention about that party, though, is like, and Mariano is definitely the man responsible for this. There's a ton of beautiful women. Girls. Oh my there. god! Yeah. Like, t- well, like yeah. the ratio so, yeah. was like. Way more right. chicks than guys. It started that way, and it stays that way. I'm really happy about that. Mariano is a hairdresser, and his f- the first core of our crowd were all his clients. So they were just oh, beautiful yeah. women. It was just like, so now, even from the it beginning. Was, I just thought it was because you were all good looking. Well, yeah, that oh. too. And the but, music was sexy. Yeah, no, it actually started because his core crowd. And and that that those, <laughs> that those core crowd kept spreading the words that, to but. other beautiful people. And, you know, birds of a feather, They re- it's true. Yeah. So the first few months, I really would tell guys, like, if don't you tell any of your fucking friends about this party, <laughs> you will ruin this thing. You shut up. You only tell your brother and your cousin. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying you were doing better there than you were in the jam band days. <laughs> well, I, I, well no quality, ballet, quality, no quality yeah. Up. Not quantity. Quality, definitely. <laughs> the quantity in the jam band scene is there's a lot of turnover. 
<laughs> yeah, it it uh I mean you're, it's also it was a weekly party, right? Like it was yeah. every Friday yeah. night. Yeah. So that there, there, there's that too that you're going to have to see that person like the next well, week yeah, or next two weeks or You know, whatever. when you're doing weeklies, it it gets out of that mode of trying to hook up. You're not in the hookup mode anymore cuz it's you're you like you see you're going to speak for yourself. You're going to see what, Well, yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't in the hookup mode every week. Although you have those moments when it's like, wow, this person's really amazing, but you're not I wasn't looking for it cuz it's yeah, you're always going to be there. People can, yeah. Well, you had a girl for a while too. Yeah, and I met her there. So there yeah, you go. It's it happens, you know. It's romantic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to get into uh, to a little more music. Um, Will, you were uh, you were doing Sabo music. Um, <laughs> that's a lot like what became Mumatone, and uh, when Dave Nada talks about uh, the sort of the yeah, origins of, of Mumatone, like he. He talks about you uh, as as making Love down tempo, you know, <laughs> like uh, music with with yeah Latin and reggaeton and bachata kind of uh, yeah. I was I didn't know it was called Mumatone now. Was <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, yeah, you know, it wasn't then. I just I just really liked reggaeton, and then I was trying to like, but I didn't really like the reggaeton vocals mm-hmm. and the auto tune shit. So I was just trying to just like trying to make it white. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is I can't even pronounce this word. Kurura? Is that what it is? Yeah. La Kurura. Alright. It's another banger. This one girls love. Shout this. out to Cassidy because he had the Oh that's right. Cassidy in Mexico? No. Not Cassidy. No. Cassidy Locke. Cassidy here. Cassidy Locke. Girl. He actually this. was the first he had the idea to to do this in reggaeton. Yeah. And then I was like, dude, I want to do this. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, no, 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 let's do it. Let's make this. And then I went and recorded him because he plays percussion on this. Really? Nappy All the G's percussion is him. Oh, my goodness. I was just actually, yeah. I had forgotten. I was listening to it. I was like, I wonder if this is a sample from some session we did. <laughs> Could have been no, yeah, but no, because we did a few, and I, I, yeah. After a while, I was like, "You got enough here. You can use this forever." God I bless still you. use some. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't credit for you. I don't see that. I don't. I don't <laughs> I'll just kidding. Yeah. So then, where's the vocal from? It's all from the original song. I think it, it's is the uh, original called La Curuda? Yeah, it's. It's Toto Mompasina, I think. Is it Colombian? Where is it from originally? Yeah, it's Colombian? Uh, Toto La Mompasina. Because mm. it's actually... Oh, the flute is in the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a sample source. Oh, okay. It's the whole... It's This is the same... Actually, what's funny is that the the big house song, Mezcla... Yeah. Yeah. That came me after and, yours, didn't it? Actually, me and Cassidy were working on this song... And I brought like a demo of it to play at WMC. And that year, I heard Dennis Ferrer play Mezcal. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's the same song I'm trying to sample, you know? And then that song obviously blew the fuck up. But that song, he sampled two different uh, Toto La Mompasina songs and kind of put them together. Like he took the flutes from this song, but the vocals in La Mezcal are from another song from the same album. He kind of like mixed them together. Got it. But anyway, 
I swear I was making this at the same time. Uh, I should have done a house version. Fuck. What year was this? Fuck reggaeton. Okay. Should have done a house. Uh, I don't know. What was this? 2005? I think it was 2000. Yeah, 2004 or five. And were, were you playing stuff this slow at Turntables in the Hudson when you were playing? Or where, yeah. like, where were you playing reggaeton? More like Bembe, really. Right, okay. Because I used to do Saturdays at Bembe, and I would play six hours, so yeah. I'd have to play everything, you know? And what was the crowd like there? Really Latin. Yeah. Like, mostly Dominican and Puerto Rican. But mixed with a few hipsters. I'm playing Bembe tonight. A couple you, Jamaicans. You, Sabo, and Captain Planet, I feel like... Uh, and Elford Andy too really did a lot to help push that crowd towards a more electronic sound. Thank you for that. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fight. Yeah, you guys really had to push it because they were I'd more have, traditional like, there. Drunk Puerto Rican girls like play some fucking salsa, like like about to cut me and stuff, you know. Well, there's also so many more styles of you know salsa and house. I mean, ha- like house and electronic music that incorporate salsa and these kind of things now. Yeah. So it's not like. You're not, you're not locked in. I can play electronic stuff that has those elements now, and it, it keeps yeah. people pretty chill. But you guys really broke that door. The owner would freak out actually if I st- if I played too much regular gun. I would get. In oh, bet yeah. Yeah, because Dad would well, be he, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But whoa. he also assumed the lyrics were bad, and I was like, sometimes, and I, I schooled him. Oh, they were. I was like, I was, well, yeah, well, for, yeah, because you're a very dirty man. But <laughs> there are there's good there's other reggae. He thinks all reggaeton has you know raunchy right. lyrics, and I was like, nah, yeah, but the like, hits were all fucking. Yeah, but you need some of that. That's the thing. So you gotta cool keep up. it. You gotta but keep it. It would get like really crazy in there, and they'd be he'd be he'd be like, yo yo yo, like you gotta chill it out, or somebody's gonna but, get, get yeah, raped. Like someone's gonna, <laughs> shots are gonna like. Race. Speaking of which, did you ever play at Stingers back in the day? I never played. No, I never DJed at Stingers. Did you I, go? I went quite often. Did you play yeah. there? I played sometimes. I would like fill in for Eddie Houghton mm. there. Oh shit! Um, yeah, and it was so so for him. You know, it was a lot of dance hall. Yeah, mm. uh, and but but it was the same clientele, and it was definitely the same violence. But it would just be you know from hip hop. Stingers was, was a <laughs> bit more turned up. It, it I doesn't think have yeah. a whole lot to do. You know, Stingers was right music. around the corner from Cokie's though. Yeah, yeah. So it was a yeah. little more turned up. And the up Coke at was Stingers. better at Stingers. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible at Cokies. <laughs> <laughs> With that name, Coke was bad. Yeah, Cokies. <laughs> stingers at a certain point could have just been called like stabbers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of knives <laughs> coming out. I heard. I did. I didn't go there that much. Uh, I, I, I used was to never do parties that l- got l- fucked up. But I, level the, X. That was. I remember a fight where uh, somebody was just like smashing a beer bottle. Like on the table, trying to break the end of it off to, to stab, stab somebody, somebody. <laughs> somebody with it. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, I don't know that that has a whole lot to do with me, but I'm not going to stand too close to it either. <laughs> That's crazy. I heard stories about the stingers, but yeah, I didn't go there too much. I never went there. You know why? There wasn't. Maybe I'm wrong, but the few times I went there, there just wasn't that many chicks there, and the chicks who were there were pretty fucking ratchet. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least at Bembe, there was like always. Mad honey, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And uh, speaking of South Williamsburg, Will, you and I used to do a Miami bass party. <laughs> yes. Mm, you guys uh, brought that to New two, York. Two man. whole. We did two nights. Two, right? two nights. Yeah, and it was like mostly lesbians, weirdly, but <laughs> at Savalas. Yeah. Um, which was when it, it first opened, right? Yeah, and and Savalas was like this tiny little bar where you could also get a lot of coke, 
but it was like <laughs> I didn't know that. No one uh, told me that. Uh, white kids who <laughs> lived in North Williamsburg, like partying to you know, yeah, uh, hip hop and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, we played hip house there. We did hip house night yeah. before whatever. Um, buying coke from guys that were Puerto Rican guys that lived in the neighborhood. Right. And there was this weird tension of like not playing reggaeton there. And it was when reggaeton was really big. Like that's that's oh, why we were doing right. Miami they, bass there. They wanted you to play and you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, w- no, no, no. The the bar definitely didn't want us. Oh, okay, it. okay. I see. I see. The clientele wanted it, but the bar was like, no, do what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, we we wanted to play reggaeton and we it would just be like off of white labels that you would buy right, really cool like underground stuff oh the underground stuff um yeah so so we were we were playing miami bass just because they didn't get it they, they needed some more like some shit that wasn't gonna appeal to yeah. uh the, the neighborhood tough guys <laughs> uh, and then that like that neighborhood just so fucking dramatically changed in yeah. the last you know yeah. seven eight years mm-hmm. unreal I don't even recognize it it's, now. Yeah, it's totally different. I lived three blocks from there then, uh, and I, I played. Do you there remember like, when I was going to be your roommate and you said you said no? No, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? What? I went to like look at the empty room and you're like, "Nah, we're going to go with someone else, dude." Oh, I don't remember that. No, I wonder, <laughs> when you lived on Kent. Oh, that sucks. Did you must have been pissed off, huh? Uh, that was like whatever. I, it wasn't, you know. I think that I think it was some yeah I think it was something like is that where I, I just remember I thought it was funny that you had a cleaning wheel on the fridge. He's like, an organized man. Y'all got a cleaning wheel? Like, oh yeah, because my roommates like one was super OCD and the other one was like mad passive aggressive. Like, they were my brother's they, friends. They would leave you notes like you didn't quite clean up enough this week. Yeah. I was selling weed then, and they were they were like they smoked weed, but they yeah. would always be tight about it, like about me keeping. Uh, the serve <laughs> in the apartment, like they did, because they figured we were gonna get robbed. Oh, then like, right? You know, on that on that block, that was when it wasn't a, a high rise condominium across the street. There was like, uh, <laughs> was this is two thousand two thousand one. It was it was uh, garbage trucks. It was a recycling yeah. center, right? Yeah. Uh, and and so dudes would drive up from South Williamsburg and like rob white kids walking home from the train. To, to those loft apartments that with were over, QPs like, of weed six. in their backpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm fortunate that I never got robbed, but they, the, you know, that was a concern because our door opened to the street. That was the fucking Wild West. The, actually, the the, <laughs> the the weed delivery service I worked for was called Wild West, <laughs> and their cocaine service, which I declined to work for because that's that's hard time, was called <laughs> Avalanche. Avalanche, <laughs> nice. so tight. Avalanche nice. is like the best name ever. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, but y- y- you probably wouldn't have been happy in that situation anyway. No. But our lives would be pretty different now if we had been roommates back that, then. Yeah. That's all good. We would have invented Moombatone a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah, you would have, actually. Uh, I want to play a- another song. Uh, okay. Let's see. This is... uh <laughs> Here. Oh shit! What is that? This is my oh shit! My switch mashup. All right, my this Justin, is Justin right? This is a sexy back, right? Mashup, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this was gonna be like I was gonna make it big with this mashup too. 
I guess I remember. This is good, man. I mean, it's just a good party track. It's fun. This is like a three-level mashup. Yeah, too. there's a lot going on in there. This is three, it's three songs it's, in one. It's Rock Stewart and four. Because I used two Timberlake versions of... Oh, Sexy Back? Yeah. Two versions the of DJ Sexy Back. The DJ Sneak version is under there oh. also. I say, then Rod Stewart, and what's the Sorry, other one? Sneak. What's the fourth one? <laughs> He's going to like call me yeah, out on Twitter now. <laughs> Sex, sexy Back, two Sexy Backs, one Rod Stewart. What's the other song? It's This is Sick by uh, Solid Groove, which is Switch. Switch, yeah. Oh. You know, it's the oh, okay. The that's where the bass line is. That's the major laser. Oh, okay, right, right. Okay, That's the one I'm missing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's too cerebral for the heads, man. They're, they're not ready for this. I don't know. <laughs> I have so many worse ones than this. It's actually pumps to dance for. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It worked. <laughs> At the time when it came yeah, out. Yeah, when it came. This is worked. when that song was hot. I mean, you got to put it in yeah. context. This was like, and everybody had all these cheesy versions. And it was like, I was so happy to have another version to play, like anything besides the radio shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> I pressed like a thousand copies of this. And on I think, vinyl? Yeah, and when I and when I moved, I probably threw out 700 copies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just threw yeah. them in the garbage. Well, this song like, got so overplayed, the, the original Justin song got so overplayed. He just had a short shelf yeah. life. You couldn't. You yeah, what was on the other side? That bass line is so tough. So good. <laughs> yeah, that's probably enough of that. Huh? Yeah, that's enough of that. Uh, I want to play a new Major Lazer, um, which now does not have Switch. Uh, this is got Busy Signal. Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody called Bumaye. Flexican? I don't know. But I th- Bumaye is an old song, though. That's what I... The story I heard is like... It was a house song that someone did a Mumatone edit of, and then and they liked it West took it and put the vocals on it. Right. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how all the all the major lasers or a lot of the major laser stuff came about first as like mixtape kind of shit. That they, yeah. They made into songs with vocalists. But we like when me and Nadastrum played in Venezuela, we played the the other Bumaye Mumatone version. Yeah. And then. Dude, it fucking murdered, like. Nice. There's a video of it on YouTube. It's like, it's pretty crazy. People went nuts. I think this is going to be a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's why. Yeah, the Flexican is the original dude who did the Mumbaton Bomaye. Yeah. And that's why he gets he got a feature on it. That's good for him, man. That's great for him. Yeah. Because that doesn't always happen. What's the uh, the <laughs> yeah, what's the BPM wow. limit the upper range on Moonbaton? One ten? What's the? Uh, what, what do you call the? What's the BPM I, range for I you? What go. do you call it? Like one one oh two to one oh eight? What is it? What's the? It's like one oh eight to one twelve, really. But yeah. there's also stuff like Disgraceland is, is like one sixteen and it's yeah, almost it, like Deep House. Yeah, it is. Okay, so but one twelve is usually like the top. I would say in that range, yeah, we, we usually don't go higher than 112. But I mean, whatever, it doesn't even matter. I'm just, well, I'm just trying to, you know, I want to know, man. It's mid tempo. It's, it's good to have the, you know, a sense of the range. So many styles. I'd like to get this, the specs. <laughs> but this I, like, is, I like the the new. It's not even new, but the the Zook. Yeah. 
It's just like Mumatone, but at 100. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just tight. That's not new. No, it's not. But it just got renamed, so it's new. It's new on the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the blogosphere. It's a brand new thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is going to be a hit. Yeah, definitely. Is this out now or is this not? I don't think so, no. No, it's still promo, I think. Shout out to the Illuminati. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know that, uh, that Your Army promo? Yeah. Do you get those? Yeah. It's, it's funny because like a year ago... I don't it look was at him very all much. dubstep, and now it's all UK garage. What is your What is your army? I don't know. What is it's it? It's some like promo service from the US Army, but they're using no, it's modern from, music. Oh, it's from uh, England. Oh, okay. <laughs> and when I got when I signed or someone signed me on to it, I was like, cool. And then it was, I wasn't like, I would find like one song every six months. You know, it's oh, it's like a promo really pool, like we like okay. okay. too much. Dubstep. Like really poppy right, or really aggressive right, dubstep. Right. And now it's like poppy garage house. Okay. It's turned, but there's been a lot more good stuff on it. At least for me, anyway. Did you guys see uh, uh, Fatboy Slim at the at the Olympic closing ceremony, by the way? Did anybody get to, did we get to talk about this? Anybody? No. What did Fatboy Slim do with the... What did he play? What, what, oh, he did, he did like a medley of all his joints. He was just so psyched. He was so... He looked like he was going to burst out of his skin. He was so happy. I just... I didn't get to talk about this with too many DJs. I was so happy for him. But it, but it was like the validation of his shit as like total pop music. Like it, they had done all the Beatles and the, the all the stuff. And then they got Fatboy was like the oh. closer like at the end with yeah. this big... You know, production going on around. He's yeah. just, you know, he's just pushing buttons on. He's not doing anything. But he actually made a point of showing that he really wasn't doing anything. He was just bumping his arm and like. But it was, <laughs> it was funny to see. Like it was huge in the middle of the stadium and like the British. Like this is our English sound. Like this is our contribution yeah. to the world. And they showed all the great rock bands and then they and got then they, they got the Fat Boy was fat. He was like prime time featured man. Like, yeah, that's cool. Nah, I love his shit. Even before he was Fat Boy Slim, he was just Norman Cook. Yeah, uh, he's he, got a million aliases. Oh, I know. He's that's the thing. He's been around so long. It just looked like he, he was. He did sh- that record in Friends. Tell me I'm crazy. That's him. Oh, oh, just, just be good ba, to ba, me. Ba, really? That's yeah, that's him. No, nah. Pretty sure, dude. If you. I've, Look in the liner notes. This is produced by Norman Cook. Oh, maybe you yeah. That, that actually makes sense. That, he, yeah, it makes sense. I could be wrong. But we verify yeah, he's, that. He's been around so wrong. long, man. He, you, let me you know. know, he he's put in his time. Uh, this is uh new brills. This song is called Old School. Speaking of stuff that's a hundred beats per minute, this uh I like this. It's not Lumaton. It's Go Go. Yeah, it's a go-go it's beat. Like a DC go-go. It's really a weird record. This is a twonk record? Yeah, it's one of those sort of seven Do you know Brills? Is he from uh, Miami? Or not? I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know.
You know, what if this song goes viral? Who's that sample? I don't know. I don't know. Gotta think about that shit. Yeah, you heard what happened to Bauer, right? We were just yeah, talking, we were about, talking about that, about that uh, before, uh, before you got here. Mm. Um, yeah, that. Those that, guys should get credit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they, that song's too huge for them not to get. I mean, why not? Yeah. No, of course they, of course they do. It's kind of too late now. Though. Well, it's not. No, they they can go in and divvy up some of his profits if he. Sold oh yeah, it. they'll get money. Yeah, but it won't I don't be. Think like, they get it's credit. Like be yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Totally on that level. I don't think yeah. they care about that. Do I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, Hector El Father's a millionaire apparently. Anyway. Really? Yeah. yeah. From what? Yeah, he's retired. Wow. From reggaeton. Wow. Damn. Yeah, he was a big, big star. Because down there, like, reggaeton has been the most popular music for 25 years. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's different. Down where? Puerto Rico. Rico. Oh, PR. Oh, This is cool, though. It, it It's it's kind of New Orleans bounce and kind of yeah. go-go and kind of Moombatone. It's funky. It's cool. I got to say, it's funky. I, some, my, that's my beef with some Moombatone. It just doesn't have any funk to it. And But this has some funk to it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta put some stank on it. <laughs> it's got a little stank on it. I like it. It's not a little too clean, usually. <laughs> Would you call this? Does this fit in the? You could, you could spin this in a Moonbatone set, yeah. Yeah, I guess. You up. could you speed it up a little bit. It's a little slow, right? It's not really Moombatone. No, no, I, I know, but I mean, if you sped it up like, like five or six yeah. BPM, it's kind of not the kind of Moombatone that you guys play, though, or that you play. Uh, Your stuff's more driving. It's more don't really. It's like, quote unquote, EDM Moombatone. Yeah, no, but we play. I mean, we, you know, I play some of the. EDM-ish stuff sometimes. What does that mean? I mean, I know I what the letters know. stand for, but what is it? what EDM Moombatone? Is that like a just more like these synths and like oh more more oh it's more synthy okay synth okay and, and those kind of snare sounds and and effects yeah gotcha yeah like more Dick like Dylan up. Francis and less yeah. like you know yeah. don't be a sample right yeah. right 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 gotcha yeah. gotcha okay just more electronic but, I guess mm-hmm. no more that's what right. I was teasing. Teasing Will about it, uh, about taking uh, taking the colored people out of <laughs> out of Latin music. <laughs> we taking the vocals off. Uh, no, I didn't take the vocals out. No, you're right, you didn't. No, but you were saying the reggaeton you, that on reggaeton you didn't like the. Vocals. Oh, I don't like the yeah, auto the processing like the and the way they the, produce. Yeah, it, I wasn't it's whack. Into, like the bling bling, like and what they're singing about. Yeah, it's a lot of crap. It just or. seemed to me like they reggaeton was like super good. In the 90s, and then it started to try and just mimic U.S. hip-hop. 
and be all like yeah. bling bling bottle service and fucking. You know who I like in the reggaeton world? Los Racas. Those guys. Yeah. I love those dudes. They're dope. They're yeah, really dope to me. Them at South by Southwest they're the real deal to me. They're 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 waving the banner properly. They're doing it right. They play a great show. I think they have an awesome show. I love their live show. I like them as people. I just dig their whole thing. Yeah, they're good. Deuce and oh, those guys too down. But 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 Rockus, man, they really they do it right. Uh so this is your song from Mumbatone Forever. Oh yeah. Uh tell me about the other two people who are on this. Oh, it's Teen Teen Wolf and Shelko. And Teen Wolf, is it Teen Wolf who's the old producer for Ninja Sonic? No. It's a different Teen Wolf. He's, a, he's, he's pretty young. He's like a young kid from Vegas. They're both young. Okay, because there's also the Teen Wolf who is the um, who is the the white producer for Ninja Sonic who like was the DJ who got kicked out or whatever. Oh, no, not that guy. These two kids live in Vegas. Both and of I, them, okay. Yeah, and actually... Because we had gone, I met Teen Wolf because we had done a, a massive in Vegas uh-huh. two summers ago that he's helped set up. And then actually, when I came home from Burning Man this year, we rented the RV from Vegas. So I drove all the way back to Vegas and I had to turn in the RV and I had like a day to kill until my flight. Uh-huh. So I just called him up. I was like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, come to the studio. So we went to the studio and just started working on this beat. Uh-huh. And then sat on it for like months. I'm calling him out right now because I don't care. I was like, yo, send me the fucking stems, dude. Send me the stems. Send me the stems. And it took a, like several emails and G chats and all, you know, text messages. And then finally he sent me the stems. And they hadn't really worked on it at all, to be honest. But, <laughs> but so then I just finished it. But we made the beat together, so you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, they, they get credit, you know? Yeah. Shuckle's a good producer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he you know, in, in like an hour and a half, he had the beat, and it was like, sounded pretty fat already, you know what I mean? So. And then the, it's funny, you know, the vocals on here. Who is it? It's Rita. Really? Yeah. Wow. Old is that ex- from an old recording you had? or uh, Yeah, an ex-girlfriend. Not all the like, mm-hmm. moaning shit, but mm-hmm. on the breakdown. The, the talking stuff. Or the- on the breakdown coming up here, it's, uh, it's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Uh-huh. Does she know? <laughs> that, that's her. That's Rita. I sent her an email. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's not. Yeah, she, she, she wants I sent her an email. She has nothing to worry about. Then, uh, oh, shit. I didn't send my guest list in. Yeah. <laughs> Which includes your people. <laughs> Sorry, Harris. <laughs> I'll do that now. Uh, We've got to go. We're okay. going to go to the club very soon. Uh, this is Small Talk. My guests have been Sabo and <laughs> Nappy G. Thanks so much, Harris. Really appreciate it. Aries, thank you. We will talk to you <laughs> shortly. Later. Brooklyn, Radio. Brooklyn, no Radio. fucking Brooklyn. Radio.